Hello, I'm AG. And I'm Leah. And this is. What are you on about? This is a show about water. We're gonna un- unravel all the mysteries around the water behind the bill. We are the water. Mythbusters. This is just about having fun. Hi, Leah. Hi, Nas. How are you going? Oh, you know. Surviving. Yeah, so I think we had lots of fun with the previous podcast. Uh, you know, obviously, probably we did lots of mistakes and we called Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, and all of that stuff. But people will forgive us because, you know, we're just trying to have fun and communicate some of the ideas. But today is really, really special. You're going to ask me why. Why? Because we're going to be talking about microbes. And this is one of my favorite days because what I'm going to do is I'm going to bust some myths here. Okay. okay? So now you're gonna, people are going to say, oh, hold on. Well, why are you talking about microbes and water? What does it have? Isn't, isn't water about trying or water treatment is about trying to get rid of microbes? Uh, that's well, wrong. Depend, depends what kind of water treatment you're doing. Exactly. But in general, it's wrong. Okay. So the premise that we're going to talk about here is that microbes have had a bad rap. Really? Yeah. And it is all made up by humans. If humans were think Because sometimes I just think that humans think that microbes just exist to annoy them now let us just make people understand that microbes exist to make your life better well if we didn't have microbes we wouldn't have a lot of things a lot of things but i mean just i am so impressed and uh, not really amused i was just like doing this search and i go like let's just google microbe okay and I get this thing. It says microbes are microorganisms, especially bacterium causing diseases and fermenta- or fermentation. I mean, you can't have you can't be more wrong than that. I think I think there's supposed to be like a comma in that. I think it means especially a bacterium causing disease. I know, but that's or a microbe that cause fermentation. Yeah, but that's so limiting because let me just tell you. Let's just start from the from the basics. Well, I was going to say, can what I just, is a microbe? Well, can I just put it out there? If yeah. you didn't have microbes, you wouldn't have beer. Oh, I know. There's, we wouldn't have uh, yogurt. We wouldn't have, uh, you know, kombucha. Lots of people like kombucha. Kombucha. Oh, kombucha. That one. That thing that people like to drink. All right. So let us just bring it to basics. Okay. So microbes are essentially uh, from the Greek word mikros and bios, which essentially says a small alive. So how can a small life be bad for us? This, in, in principle, it's not, right? So we have had bacteria that cause issues and we have had fungus that cause issues and we have had all sorts of other things that cause issues. So people think that bacteria is, if we didn't have bacteria, you wouldn't have nutrients that grows your trees. You wouldn't have even have like uh, uh, be, be, beans because you know, you have to have these associations. So let's just bring it back to water. 
So as we've been uh, saying for the last few podcasts, water is not designed to be by itself. Water contains so many things and lots of it is biological material and living organisms. That's what we're coming about. Living organisms. So why do living organisms live in water, Leah? Tell me. You can say, why do they live in soil? Why do they live in air? They have a function, right? So that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, well, I guess it's a place to live. It's a place to live, but is it why, why particularly water? So let me just break it down. Let us talk because, you know, some of the topics that we're going to be talking are mostly related to wastewater. So, for example, wastewater, the process of wastewater is fundamentally a biological process that is driven by microbes, meaning microbes are actually soldiers that are operating on our behalf to treat the water and to turn it into basically uh, uh, clean water. That's exactly what they are. Microbes are, as I call them, the unsung, is it unsung heroes? Yeah. Nobody likes sings the glory of microbes except me. Really? Yeah, I know. So microbes I thought that I be... liked microbes you too, did, but you did. sure. So you know, if you look at them under the microscope, they are cute and they are all sorts of things. But, but we're not just talking about wastewater. We're talking about the fact that microbes, fundamentally, their role is in transforming matter. So they take matter, they dissolve it, they basically digest it, and they make nutrients more palatable to other organisms. And their, their life is so short that they create that turnover. So if we didn't have microbes, we wouldn't have that nutrient uh, regeneration that we have. In soils, for example, forests will grow and then uh, trees will basically fall, they will decompose, they will, and those nutrients will go back to the cycle. In the same way in water, that's what happens. I don't know, I feel like a good example of microbes and like microbes being able to like transform things into other things and get nutrients yeah. out that would be a good description of your digestive system that's that's absolutely because you know oh yes it's a good one because our guts are full of microbes yeah and that's if why microbes are your friends and like and if you've ever had a bout of gastro yeah you'll know afterwards that you find it difficult to digest food yeah because that gastro has probably wiped out quite a lot of your yeah. Good yeah. microbes. So let us imagine a wastewater treatment plant without microbes. Does it work? No, it does no. not. No. Occasionally, you know what happens is that occasionally there's some nasties that make it into the treatment plant and they actually kill the bacteria and the microorganisms that live in these wastewater systems. And to regrow that, it takes days and weeks in some cases. Months. To, and months to actually redevelop that, that flora that will basically sustain the treatment. Well, I mean, I don't know about a wastewater treatment plant, but like mm. speaking from experience after having had gastro mm. about three years ago, mm. quite badly, two, two mm. or three years ago, quite badly, I'm still recovering from it. So. I know. Quite serious. Yeah. Isn't it? So, you know, I think the beauty of biological treatment, which is, again, treatment of wastewater or treatment of any water, 
uh, is basically that it is a very efficient and it is actively removing a particular constituents. Now, the beauty of microbes is that there are some microbes that are specialized in removing phosphates, phosphates yep. or phosphorus, one of the elements that uh, we want to kind of uh, remove because otherwise uh, our uh, um, lakes and rivers will become green and will become eutrophy eutrophied eutrophication and that will cause cyanobacteria blooms for example nitrate and nitrogen is another element that we want to get rid of out of and and, and there are organisms that are specialized for uh, the removal of particular thing there are organisms that are specialized for removal of metals there are organisms so there is this specialization that makes that bacteria actively seeking because it's their food essentially what you're giving them is you're feeding these bacteria to grow and they multiply and as a result you get cleaner water so that happens in natural systems it happens in wastewater systems it happens in lakes in rivers so that's why you know bacteria and microbes in general because microbes in general are bacteria what are the other kind of microbes algae Algae. Uh, microbe. All, you say algae, I say algae. You say tomato, I say tomato or no? I say tomato. I too. think you still also say tomato. Yeah, sometimes I get that. But you, you get protozoa as well. You get viruses. Viruses, another yeah, one that and has parasites. And parasites, right? So parasites for who, you know? I know that we talk a lot about waterborne disease that can exist in, but the vast majority of organisms are actually good for us and they live in in some sort of harmony with the environment and as such i think it's really important to place the role of microbes as uh, an essential component of ecosystems and and that wider nature in general especially in the water cycle is extremely extremely important yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So let us just dive maybe a little bit dive down. Do you like, I mean, even cute because, you know, uh, we've been collecting these things. What are these things? We've been collecting oh, we've these. Been we, if, you, yeah. if you ever want some fun and yeah. to learn some stuff at yeah. the same time, we highly recommend you go and get these soft toys Yeah. called giant microbes. Microbes, yes. They are amazing. You can buy so many different microbes. I, I am currently holding because Anas decided to bring out our our collection of them. Yeah. Uh, the microbe that causes ulcers, which oh. is Helicobacter pylori. I know, and we just happen to have the Nobel laureate at UWA who actually uh, discover won a Nobel Prize for discovering the role of this bacteria. Yeah, this, so it's actually you know yeah. a, a bacteria that causes. Stomach ulcers in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? So we have. Uh, I'm co I'm holding a euglena, which is a green algae. So you can see it. It's shaped. It is. It, it's huge. Uh, there's all sorts of organisms that you can find in there. There's, uh, you know. Um, uh, you know, Staphylococcus. There's some other stuff. Uh, well, I was gonna penicillium. Say. There is uh, E. coli. Is well known this one. E. coli. Everybody. E. coli. I think everyone I've knows got, that one. I've got one that we talked about in our sewer one. Cholera. Yeah. Cholera is one. So you know, we're saying they are good, but you know, some of them are nasties. What are these? This that's is a algae. That's algae. That's a cyanobacteria. This one is orange. It looks a little bit like more like a virus. This one. 
um, you know. Uh, oh no, this is is a botulism. So I've got a know. T4 bacteriophage, yeah. so which, by the way, if you ever look up a T4 bacteriophage, they look yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, they are. They are, they look like they come from space and they land somewhere. But yeah. I think it's really important here to say there is like millions of kinds of bacteria. They all have a role to play in that broader cycle, which is about. Uh, moving nutrients from one place to the other, decomposing nutrients, uh, you know, making it, uh, removing some constituents. It just happens that in wastewater, it is actually a beneficial thing that we kind of, uh, uh, you know, adapted for our needs and we can basically build this incubator. I mean, people who make beer understand this, right? Yeah. People who make uh, uh, cheese understand that. Mm -hmm. People who make yogurt understand that. There's so much. There's I was going to whole... say people who make sourdough. Oh, people! Oh, sourdough. People who make that. sourdough would understand yeah. this. So that role, that harnessing the power of bacteria, is amazing. Now, in water, you can't have water without bacteria. You can't have any treatment process without bacteria. You can't have any ecosystem function without bacteria. You know how people say, if you want to go to like uh, uh, an island and stay there, what's that saying? What's, what do you take with you? And some people say, I'm going to take my playlist. You know what I say? take some microbes yeah i'll take microbes anywhere i go because without the microbes the whole well, world i mean you is... don't really have a choice you walk around with a whole pile of microbes exactly in, in on you your... and on you anyway on your skin everywhere these are things that are part of us and that's how we are and that's how the ecosystem works in general so uh you know let you know there are things that we 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 talk about you know, for people to understand, and sometimes we talk to wastewater people who are mostly engineers. You know, engineers don't know biology much, right? No. You know, they don't get so. I'm. You know, my mission is to make engineers a little bit more aware about the role of biology. So that's why I'm making it a little bit more fun. You know, I'm dumbing it down, but well, actually, I biology was, makes sense. I was just gonna say though, because mm. you were saying how important microbes are in all of our water treatment. I was going to say, in drinking water treatment, yeah. I think the focus is different to wastewater treatment. Yeah. Drinking water treatment, the focus is on eliminating any microbes that are left in there. Correct. As much as possible. But let me just take that a step further. And if you go up, up, upstream, you would want water to have had the right microbes to actually eliminate nutrients so that it's easier to treat. Well, that's, uh, so if it's a, dam water. Dam, yeah, yeah, in, in a, a dam, dam, yeah. Oh, groundwater has microbes oh, and too. groundwater. Yeah. I mean, desalination yeah. water. Desal still has, still uh, has organisms, some. yes. Although yeah. it probably wouldn't make it through the membrane. Yeah, we'll have diatoms, we'll have all those things. Yeah. So they'll probably remove that. But, but, you know, a dam will have plenty of microorganisms or microbes. Uh, groundwater will have its own microbes and we have to remove those for drinking water just because we want to be on the safe side. So, number of them are actually nasties. The general population of bacteria is not that bad. So, if you drink water that has your usual, like, you know, normal euglena or bacteria or whatever, it wouldn't hurt you. 
it's just yeah. it's just natural it will get dealt with in your digestive system because most of these bacteria will not sustain your your stomach acidity yeah uh you know and this except for that other one that you just talked about cholera uh, <laughs> and the other no the uh the uh, the gut one the, the oh one helicobacter, helicobacter is the one that sustains like well i was gonna say tapeworms also yeah, survive that right. somehow yeah. So, you know, thinking about it, what do we need when we talk about bacteria or microbes? We need to understand a little bit about their metabolic function. You know, what is their, are they anaerobic? Are they aerobic? Are they whatever? Are what they does that mean? Oh, that's a good question. That's why I'm trying to introduce these fancy words here, you know? It just means, it's very simple. You can break them down in the ones that live within oxygenated environment and the ones who live without oxygenated environment. So their processes are vastly different. And that's really important when it comes to wastewater because as you know, sometimes when we need to process and oxidize organic matter, we need to pump lots of oxygen. That's one of the biggest costs. And to get those bacteria that require the oxygenated environment, we need to pump oxygen. Otherwise, there are processes that require the anaerobic conditions, which is no oxygen that can produce, which is the fermentation process, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I mean, you know. I think here we're talking about more conventional wastewater treatment. That's right. Um, yeah. But you can do combined aerobic, anoxic, anaerobic processes. What's anoxic? Anoxic so is anoxic different. Anoxic is when, when there's like zero, zero oxygen in the water. Yeah, but then, but that's also when nitrate, nitrogen can be converted to nitrogen gas. Correct. So let us just go back to the fundamentals of, of biological treatment in wastewater so what are we trying to do we're trying what we're doing we're just cheering the bacteria so we got these bacteria and they are our friends and we cheer them and we go like go go bacteria chew this stuff so that's what they do they chew this stuff and they turn everything into gas or some elemental elements that they capture inside their body. Ideally, ideally, you can have wastewater that comes in as wastewater, and then at the other end, you get clean water that is discharged, and everything is basically returned back to the atmosphere as gas or captured. We can talk about that in when we're gonna be talking about resource recovery, but if you think about everything as a carbon, you know, like everything is a carbon, remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So every material that you have, every organic matter is made out of a series of carbon. And the role of bacteria is to basically break that down and return the carbon to the air, return the nitrogen to the air and capture the phosphorus inside their bodies. So when you look under the microscope and you look at those bacteria, you can see actually pure phosphates. In fact, lots of people recover phosphate out of, you know, phosphate is expensive. Well, you'd know, you come from a country that, that mines... Produce, that number one producer of phosphate is Morocco. But hey, uh, without phosphate, uh, the whole world will have been hungry. We discovered phosphate 
because nitrogen we can make out of the air fertilizer we can make out of the air through that process that was developed 100 years ago by Nobel laureate I forgot that name it's a German name Harbor yeah that thing that process that you yeah that's a process that you capture the air you make it into fertilizer phosphate is a rock so you mine that and you push it on the ground on the ground and you make the plants grow more and then we have more food without phosphate we would not have achieved security food security I mean, we're still struggling with food security. Don't get me wrong. I think I was going to say, without phosphorus, we wouldn't have had a world with a population of more than seven billion people. Correct, but at the bottom of it, as well as phosphate, is a pollutant. So we have to remove it from the wastewater process. So we pay for it big dollars to come in bags and spray it on. And farms then we pay big dollars to get it out. To get it out. And then sometimes we actually let it just discharge into the rivers and make the rivers anoxic and toxic, right? Well, we try not to. I mean, especially not, not in Australia. Australia, yeah. we have very stringent guidelines. Yeah, you wouldn't be allowed to. Yeah, but it's still, there is some level of discharge that's quite significant, actually, yeah. uh, when it comes. So it's not zero discharge. So no. ideally, you want zero discharge of anything that is not water. And you want the gas to go back into the atmosphere or to be captured. Now, we're going to talk about the greenhouse gas or contribution of water to the greenhouse gas. You want ideally to recover that. But going back to phosphate, you look under the microscope and you see this uh, basically uh, uh, essentially uh, pockets. So these bacteria are basically pockets of phosphate. They are they just capture so much. They are actually concentrated 9,000% times, 10,000% times more than the ambient environment. So they are very actively sinking that phosphorus in their bodies. So what you do, you get those bacteria, you harvest them, and you put them in bags, essentially, mm -hmm. which is recovery. So that's a lot of money you can actually recover. So, you know, we have done research in this area of resource recovery and how to extract that resource back. So wastewater is actually a mine. You can mine phosphate. Instead of buying it in a bag, you can mine phosphate. You can mine all sorts of other things that uh, get sent there. So that's really essentially the purpose. It's very simple. It's not that complicated. There are things that most things go in the air. The other stuff inside the bacteria or the microorganism, anything that we call refractory that doesn't get broken or hard to chew, like some old organic carbon and things like that, will sink into the sludge. And that's another conversation that we will have. But the treatment processes are what we call suspended growth processes, which means like in the water, these more microorganisms that we are talking about, they're not swimming. They are just suspended. They're just kind of like floating around. Yeah. Some of them kind of swim, but most of them, they float around. Yeah. And as they float around, they capture those nutrients and they store those nutrients. They are like sponges for those nutrients and those things that we want to remove. And that's how the water turns into really being clean water. Now there is another element. There are organisms that don't like to float around and, and stay suspended. What they do, they attach themselves. They either attach themselves to other things or to barriers or to the bottom or to the edge or whatever, and they still will do that function. So that's what we call attached growth processes. They are fundamentally all biological. I don't know any reaction 
that doesn't involve biology. Like the chemists keep telling me, oh yeah, there are biological, uh, purely chemical reactions, and I go like, show me one. Most of the reactions are actually mediated by an enzyme or something that is biologically driven. Okay, then we have your favorite, which we're gonna have a whole show on it. It's gonna be, it's called lagoon processes. Oh, you were talking about my favorite. Uh, your favorite and the ponds, which is basically the natural treatment. And we're so lucky in Australia that we have lots of land <laughs> that we can afford to have, you know, pond systems and lagoon systems, which is kind of the new, the new wave is to use natural, sustainable ways to treat wastewater which is funny because they were the old way they were the old ways they are the new they become the new old the, the, the old new or what is it the word for it yeah anyway they're back in vogue Let's they just are back in vogue and they are more sustainable and basically they use the sunlight they use the natural processes and they use our friends the microbes to basically uh, you know uh, deal with waste which is great imagine if we had that applied to all sorts of other things that would be fantastic now I'm gonna tell you, you you know this because we talked about this a lot wastewater environment is not well known from the microbial point of view no it's not it's a huge black box so I think we're still we're still making discoveries about the microbe world in the, wastewater yeah the, because it's such an interesting complex environment that has all sorts of organisms also in some in some cases it's kind of a harsh environment we believe that there are organisms there that could cure disease we have organisms there that could do all sorts of there is a movement now to look at the genetic sequencing of bacteria and all sorts of microorganisms that we don't know that live in these waters, in wastewater or environmental water that have some functions that we didn't, we don't know yet. So I think it's in really important. This is an area of metabolomics and metagenomics and all of that that's unraveling those areas. But for a long time, we really didn't look at the microbial communities let alone what happens inside the pipes you know like infrastructure there are pipes there's microfilm that grows inside and lots of people have identified some really strange organisms that live in those environments so huge huge diversity uh, and huge huge function we only know a limited thing about them, which is their ability to remove certain nutrients and transform carbon into carbon dioxide, greenhouse gas, see, methane, uh, other kind of greenhouse gases, nitrogen gas as well. So the treatment functions, uh, you know, basically are generally about what we call biological nutrient removal. Or you may hear it termed BNR. Yeah, which is biological uh, nutrient removal, biological then, phosphate. But I was going to say biological nutrient removal before yeah. you run away yeah. is basically just the removal of nitrogen and phosphorus Correct. through biological treatment. It's very focused. And yeah. then biological phosphorus removal, that's yeah. pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we have, you know, the removal of BOD, remember yeah. biological oxygen demand. Yeah. We have nitrification. Which is... You know, converting ammonia, mm. which is an element in that you'll find in water, to nitrate, yep. and then no, to nitrite, yep. and then to nitrate, yep. and then we have something like called D 
denitrification, which is when the nitrate is reduced to nitrogen and other gas, so that yeah. ends up going back to the atmosphere. And it's, we a like it's a fascinating process. We know more about how phosphate gets transformed. The gas cycle, the nitrogen gas cycle, is very complex. And it's ve the dynamics of it are not very well known, but we do know that it's a two-step process. And if we harness that, we will, know, we will learn more about how to make these things more efficient. What are the other things? Oh, your favorite again. So, you know, like stabilization. stabilization. So this is just basically, you know, to do with, you know, sludge, I think, really. Yeah, it's a biological process that, you know, that, that, that makes uh, uh, organic matter into, into sludge, essentially, and stabilize it in a sense that, uh, um, you know, conversion into gases and cell tissues which is happens in these ponds anyway yeah and, it, and yeah. it can happen in sort of like anaerobic or aerobic conditions yeah. or combination of sometimes you get you hear this called as digestion mm -hmm. so you'll hear about um, treatment processes called digesters yeah so that would be where this stabilization occurs. which is just like a copy of us because you know we are digesters when you think about us well i mean we have a digestive system so yeah, well, you know. no i think we are a wastewater treatment plant that's what humans are think about it you eat food and you basically digest it and it turns into gas and it turns into liquid and it turns into other stuff sludge and you know we know that we're not going to talk about it. it's almost dinner time so we're not going to talk about gross stuff today are we no well, gross no, stuff, i mean it doesn't no. really matter i mean yeah. who knows when when our listeners are listening to this dumb matter no but them. for us it's like almost dinner time so like what yeah. are the aims of biological treatment on us yeah well i think you know essentially it's to oxidize uh, uh, to transform dissolved and particulate uh, organics uh, into acceptable end products. <laughs> acceptable is really a term. You know, in wastewater we use lots of fancy words that are just like... I'm not sure if acceptable, acceptable is a fancy word. Is, yeah, no, it's not a fancy word. I call it like fluffy word. It's like something that doesn't mean anything because what's acceptable to me is not acceptable to others. So the whole point here is that you turn something that is a waste into a byproduct that is not considered a waste. That's, that's essentially what it is. So the moment it is a gas that can go in the air, that's fine. If it's something that you can deal with it, take it to a landfill. I was going to say, if you can convert it, transform it into something that is not classed as pollution. Yeah, then, then that's fine. Then that's a win. So it's a transform. It's, yeah. it's a transformish pro process. So, uh, you know, uh, in general, that's what it is. So you transform or you remove nutrients such as nitrogen and phosphorus. Again, big, big focus on nitrogen and phosphorus because they are the most regular regulated elements in in wastewater discharge anyway um, um what else yeah. so we we have to capture sort of like those solids and yeah. like those colloids yeah. so remember we were yeah. talking about yeah. milk milk parts and, and whatever so yeah. anything that is suspended needs to go there's a uh, trace oils. elements oils there are trace elements that also dealt with by be, uh, with bacteria uh, they are also sometimes dealt with with processes mm -hmm. uh, of removal of nutrients because some bacteria while they are specialized in say phosphorus they will also take some trace elements if they are there so you know I, Again, don't be don't be scared of biology. I think biology is not scary. It actually makes sense. It's very intuitive. There's like very very simple rules. 
uh, and if you understand uh, the basic principles of how uh, you know bacteria works uh, the, I mean there's like lots of complicated processes when you go to genetic makeup and whatever but yeah. but we're just talking about a process that you can control in a control environment you take some bacteria or some microorganism you give it some carbon source something will happen and that's what people do with beer so you add some sugar and you create some so you know gas the notion of gas and some byproduct that's exactly what wastewater so people who actually drink beer they drink wastewater don't they no there is a there is a beer in california that is made out of recycled wastewater that's not what i mean what i mean essentially the process of turning uh, you know organic source into a liquid that has gas in it and all of that that's similar it's very very similar think about it so it's really interesting so so you know like if you were if you come across like some of these terms and you hear them you're like okay well I, i've heard of this kind of yeah. like process in wastewater yeah. treatment what does that mean yeah so we've got some anaerobic pro process. anaerobic yeah. processes yeah. which are the ones without oxygen so they're yeah. things that you would hear like anaerobic digestion yeah. in yeah. the name yeah. they have like these things so put something on a counter and cover it don't give it oxygen it will react in a certain way and it will become like if you taste it it's not like i don't suggest it but it will become acidic fermented yeah that's fermentation yeah so that's basically so anaerobic digestion is used for stabilization i suppose yeah. it's to it's also to obviously digest solids yeah. so you you're you know breaking down those solids and it's also pretty good at killing pathogens yeah and, um, another, you know, example of that, you might hear of an upflow anaerobic sludge blanket, you know, like they've come across, they've, they've come, you know, try to formalize these into like things that make more sense or are more efficient, but they essentially do the same kind of thing. They're, they're mostly there for, you know, uh, pathogen removal or, you know, BOD removal, which is the most important thing. I think every wastewater treatment process in some kind of way is geared towards a, a, a function a function but mostly always carbonaceous you know you know biological oxygen demand correct removal yeah, yeah. like some examples of maybe some aerobic processes yeah. that you would hear of are like aerated lagoons yeah which is what i work with or so what you pump oxygen in some lagoons you give it lots of oxygen well i mean i don't even think you would have to pump the oxygen no. into an aerated it lagoon comes you, it comes from the air anyway yeah. but you have aerobic digestion yeah. digestion which is the one where they you know throw lots of air in mm. there's you know trickling filters uh, activated sludge is kind Sometimes of like people a call them technologies but they are yeah. not they're just isolating a process yeah and and focusing doesn't mean that that process is the only thing that happens so if you have a, 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 a the container a big reactor that you design to do uh, say uh, denitrification de it will do some other things but the yeah. majority of the function will be denitrification yeah I was going to say probably the most common aerobic process is activated sludge yeah um, and which is a suspended growth one because it yeah. kind of just sits there yeah we've got anoxic processes which are you know 
can be suspended or attached growth. Yeah. We've got combined things, which can combine one well, of these. Or hybrid things. Hybrid things that yeah. combine all these, uh, you know, same thing. Well, you can thing. have them in series. You can be really imaginative, but it's very simple. It's not complicated. No, you I mean... To, to, to identify a, a particular process and, and, and put it in a series. Yeah, I mean, a typical wastewater treatment plant will have a, a series or a set of these, yeah. um, one after the other, uh, basically because you're saying one will remove one and the next one is better when there's less concentration yeah. of it and then so on and so forth. Um, with lagoons, again, we have ones that are for different functions. So we have anaerobic lagoons, yeah. we have aerobic lagoons, and we have ones that are called facultative lagoons, which kind of do a bit of both, yeah. anaerobic and aerobic. Yeah. And then we have ones that they call maturation lagoons, yeah. which are, you know, mostly at the end of a process to kind Also of called polishing. Polishing, So what you yeah. do is you have the water that's pretty much is clean and yeah. you just add it uh, another layer. So, you know, is it rocket science? No. Well, I mean, some people so might far. think that it's yeah, rocket it's science. Not. It's, it's I, it's something that has to be, particularly if you have what we call a conventional wastewater yeah. treatment plant. So conventional wastewater treatment plants, are perhaps not that conventional, but yeah. they're the mechanized yeah. wastewater treatment plants that you'll most often find in large cities. They may have one, they may have two. In Perth here, we have three yep. so-called conventional wastewater treatment plants. Some really? places they have like uh, uh, you know hundreds in like places like California. Or yeah, whatever. they'll they'll, like they'll have plenty. loads. So it depends on where you are. If you're in Hong Kong or whatever, there's plenty of them. But but in you know. General, but I was going to say you know sort of like monitoring those is probably yeah. the the most important thing yeah. in a conventional plant. So yeah. like. You know, when you say conventional, you mean mechanized. Yeah, they're like, the mechanized yeah, ones yeah. that I was just saying because I mean. In these ones, we'll talk about something about residence time yeah. another time. How, how much water stays in a, in a treatment Yeah, so in a, in a conventional plant, the time from the water coming into the plant to it leaving could be anywhere between 6 and 12 hours. Yeah, so it's pretty fast. It's pretty quick. So we can get intense. We can get most of this stuff out pretty quickly. But if you're thinking about lagoon-based treatment... Yeah. Are we this, talking about weeks? We're talking about, you know, maybe two days, yeah. but maybe up to a month. Yeah. Uh, if you're up in the, you know, Arctic. Yeah. Um, they do have ponds up in the Arctic. I it know. could be they three have months. Ponds everywhere. It know? could be three months. Yeah. So, it's so a, yeah, it's I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I think monitoring them is probably a kind of what important process. What do you mean process. by monitoring? Like, are the oxygen levels ah, right? Maintaining how they operate yeah, and all of that. Those so kinds of things. Understanding all those parameters and keeping those parameters in a certain range. In a certain range, given that temperature changes, the flow changes, yeah. various things change. So we need to really that's really why why engineers and operators come into it is that they look at the health of that uh, yeah. treatment plant and they make sure it has all the elements that is required because if you have these guys that uh, want oxygen to operate uh, you know if the mic microbes needs oxygen and you don't have oxygen you have a problem yeah so in the activated sludge process for yeah. example they have to monitor oxygen levels levels yeah. quite yeah. 
closely because if it if it drops too low, you might get a massive die off. Of yeah, them. exactly. Or it, if it it's low, you may uh, it takes longer to treat, and then your discharge is not meeting the requirements. So yeah. what happens if your discharge is not meeting the requirements? Well, you get fined here. It's a, it's a serious matter. So you can't just discharge water. But the problem is you can't stop people from flushing their toilet. Yeah. So it's an ongoing flow and you have limited space to retain the water. So you have to make that work uh, in like a, a, a very, very precise, organized, structured system. Yeah. With drinking water, because drinking water can be stopped, you can pump water, you can stop it, you can do a, a treatment, you can even like stop providing water to a house and send them a little letter and say, we're going to do some maintenance, we're going to stop. Can if you, you do maintenance for toilets and stop people from going to the toilet? Uh, no. Can you imagine <laughs> if someone sent you a message today and it's like, oh, sorry, we're maintain we're doing maintenance on your wastewater pipes today. Uh, yeah. Please don't flush the toilet. For 24 hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a disaster. So, you know, those things need to flow all the time. And as such, you need to keep the bacteria happy. You need to keep the microbes happy. You need to keep the treatment going. Yeah. So, you know, monitoring things like oxygen levels in aerobic things, but then temperature and yeah. pH, you know, we, we have like microbes, you know, some microbes like to be in colder temperatures. Correct. Some like to be in hotter temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll find some treatment processes are normal, like work better if they, like if the temperature is, you know, increased yeah. a little. Or and it's uh, like work in Australia or work in the summer in some places. But if the temperature goes down, you need another kind of bacteria. So the bacteria that likes tw temperature between 20 and 50 is not the same as a bacteria that likes temperature between 10 and 30. No. So it's, uh, you know, they're all different kind of organisms. And they all uh, use different metabolism yeah. and different requirements. And we can model. I think the good thing is that we can model how treatment works by understanding what kind of populations of bacteria we have. So another thing is around the pH uh, tolerance as well for a number of these bacteria because they have different ranges. Some of them have... Uh, you know, narrow ranges, some of them have large and, uh, you know, what is pH? pH, the amount of acidity yeah. in something. Yeah, I think, I think, you know. Goes from, it goes from what to, seven is neutral. So seven ours, is, our, yeah, yeah, I think. Our stomach is two. Yeah, something like this. A Coke, a is, Coke three, is three. A yeah, Coke is three. Just letting you know, Coke yeah. is acidic. It'll yeah. it'll rot your teeth eventually. Right. So one of those drinks, like very uh, acidic drinks. So, um, you know, new development, future interest, and uh, what uh, is is actually to look more in detail of, about these microbial communities, to understand them, to use new technology like flow cytometry and other technologies that allow us to characterize. Uh, both the function and the role that these things play in in the ecosystem but are we can we imagine a world without microbes no no the, you know have we achieved our goal today which is saying to people people listen to me this is like really serious conversation bacteria microbes in general microorganisms some people call them they are like small lives that's how that was it's microbes microorganism small life that is designed to make your life better 
So microbes are not there to annoy you. That's a very selfish thing that people think about. Yes, there are some microbes that are nasty, but there are some humans who are so nasty too. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> don't don't think that all microbes are viruses. I know. So and that viruses, all viruses are not bad for you. Well, I too. mean, I have a giant microbe in my hand of uh, the virus of the of moment, moment. <laughs> COVID nineteen. It's cute though. It well, it, I mean it. Well, they've made it look cute. They make it look cute, but it's uh, you know. But I mean, I think I think here, I think if we manage to dispel the myth to yeah. our listeners that not all microbes are bad, because yeah. not all microbes yeah. are viruses, or yeah. not all microbes are COVID, or not all microbes are pathogens, because yeah. pathogens is a thing that it causes disease. But the majority, the vast majority of microbes are your friends. So be nice to the microbes and don't judge them because they you know you don't hurt their feelings because we need like in the wastewater system we want them to be happy if they're not happy they don't work and if they don't work we discharge bad water to the environment and if we do that we destroy the environment so we don't want that and if we don't have bacteria and microbes you can't flush your toilet so it's really important don't you think well, they can flush their toilet. Oh, they can, but it's not going to get treated. So we have a problem here. But in any case, I think this is uh, something that people need to think about. So bacteria, microbes are your friends. They are part of the environment. I think we've said it enough, but we're going to go back to some other more specific. Look at this one. It's so cute. Blue, different colors. So we highly recommend these giant microbes. Look them up online because they can. But again, it's really fun. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I think we I think we said what we had to say, which is we like, said what we had to say yeah. about microbes. We'll mm. we'll probably spend a little bit more time in a different podcast talking about, you know, maybe how treatment works. And maybe we can talk about the nasty ones like the pathogen. No, they, yeah. they, they deserve some airtime, too, yeah. so that we know what they are, what they are, what they do how historically they have contributed to some serious issues uh, and how the they and perhaps how they've um, contributed to the improvement of wastewater treatment how emerging issues are also because of climate change we are now starting to see pathogens this is serious we're starting to see pathogens that are naturally tropical in areas that are not tropical so essentially with climate change things have shifted so pathogens that we used to see a long time ago in uh, australia for example and have been uh, removed are starting to appear so you know i think that there are some some of these issues need to be looked at and in some countries so things are shifting as well and we need to consider those pathogens as well we still have to stress the fact that the world still has no access to proper sanitation the whole world yeah the whole world and the high high significant number of children who die of waterborne disease in developing world is still very high and that's an issue that we need to deal with in the future so microbes are our friend but some of them are nasty yeah, some of them, like diarrhea and all those waterborne diseases are the nasty ones. That's but right. we need the good ones 
to get rid of the nasty ones. Yeah. So more understanding, more water literacy again. So don't judge a book by its cover. Don't. Just, just, yeah. just because it's called a microbe doesn't mean it's yeah, bad. It's bad. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. All right. Boom. We finished this yeah, one. Bye. Yeah, bye.